welcome to Know What I Mean. Uh, I'm Oscar. I'm George, and the podcast now has a name, finally. <laughs> Woo! Yeah. <laughs> After much like Googling every time we like came up with a name we liked, and then yeah. finding another podcast that had the same name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So this week I picked a quote, and it's around uh, the theme of bravery. We went to some really interesting areas, and... I definitely perceive it differently after looking into this quote. Yeah, loved it. Good choice. Let's get into the episode. And we're live. Oh, what a cringy so, start. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My quote is actually from Eddard Stark. The only time a man can be brave is when he is afraid. So the only time a man can be brave is when he is afraid. So to give a bit of context uh, about Ned Stark, I find him as a character very, he's probably my favorite character in the series, really. Uh, he's very, he's, he's quite a serious man. Um, he is very loyal, very um, honorable. He really tries to do the right thing. And he also suffers a lot based on this kind of pressure that, um, that he's under. He's, he's like one of the main leaders in the North in Game of Thrones. Um, and yeah, so I, I feel like it's quite a fitting quote for him really. Um, uh, so why I picked it was I think this idea of bravery and what it means to be brave and also exploring fear and exploring this, like in this quote, uh, the only time a man can be brave is when he is afraid. They're saying that they're totally linked. Like they're, they are indivisible as things. Like if there is bravery happening, then there will also be fear happening at the same time. And I just found that interesting. I, and what, what, what I found in, in thinking about it has been that I think there's two main um, ideas of bravery. One is like an externally perceived bravery. It's when like we might see someone doing something and we might conceive that as being brave, as being um, against the odds or something that we might be unsure that we would actually do ourselves. Um, like people say, you know, firefighters are brave and et cetera, et cetera. And then there's like an internal bravery, which is like when we, we're, we've, we're overcoming something like really big within ourselves to, to follow through with an action. So when I've considered it, it's like, it's a very emotional, um, process this internal bravery and I think that's what's being talked about with this quote is that the fear is there in a way like I've never experienced my what I what I've seen my as a brave action from myself without there being a really strong pressure or something very strong emotionally going on prior to or during whatever thing I'm doing that I would then say, oh, I was quite brave to make that decision. So I really agree. It's like 
when I've investigated it, it's like, it's like an intense pressure, like in, you might have like a really, really strong sense of fear. I often get like fear coming up in my chest and it might be like really, really tight in my chest, a really strong sense of pressure. But my intention, my, my action is over, essentially overpowering that sense of fear within myself. So it's like the fear comes up and then I choose to, my intention is above that. So I choose to, I choose to go over the fear to then like follow through on an action. And I'm just really interested in, in, I guess, turning into an adult and stuff. This, this idea of bravery for me has come up more like when I've really felt that, that there's decisions I need to make or conversations I need to have that are very difficult and things that I really, really don't want to do. And yet I, I need to do them. And like, that's kind of Ned Stark all over is like the, his, his whole character seems to be always in this state of his, what he wants to do and what he needs to do based on his like duty and honor and his duty and his honor always um, comes first, you know? So he's constantly having to grit his teeth and like follow through with actions that are very difficult. Yeah. So that's, that's, that's where I'm at with it. And I thought it would be nice to explore like, um, our own experiences of bravery or, or what we think about it and yeah, how it sort of affects our lives. Cause I, like, I definitely see it affecting our lives in like very micro and macro ways. It's not just like epic, epic things. I feel like there's bravery going on all the time. Um, so yeah, that's, that's, that's where I'm at. That's where I'm at with it. Yeah. It's interesting. Like I, uh, the word that I kept on thinking of when I was kind of trying to really get into what it meant to be brave was, uh, discipline. So usually I guess people don't think of them as, as having the same, the same meaning at all, but really what discipline is, is like doing what you're supposed to do when you're supposed to do it, whether you feel like it or not. And that to me really does fit into what I see as a, a brave action. Like, like with, uh, uh, Eddard Stark, like you're saying, he, he's got his principles, which he's holding above his, uh, his, I, his desires, like his, his kind of regular things that he wants to do. And I think that really is often throughout history as well. People have, uh, people who have been brave are people who've kind of stood up to stood up to authorities or stood up because there's something that they truly believe in and that they are putting that, that belief above their own personal safety. Like that they think, okay, it's, it's more important that I uphold this belief than it is that I survive. Like at its core, that's really what I think bravery is. Um, and I think, I think like you're saying how it does apply to our daily life. There's loads of these little moments of bravery, but also you could kind of say there, there are little moments of discipline of you being like, I don't want to get up, but I've decided there's like a, 
a higher purpose like there's something and i don't even mean that in a grandiose way i mean like there's um there's something more important than just following what my body wants to do right now like there's you've got some some infrastructure or some belief system that's that's more important like it could just be okay you really want to stay in bed but you need to get to work and they expect you to be there and you know it could damage your financial future if you don't show up on time like that's something where you're like okay that's more important than just following how i feel what i feel like doing so mm. there's all these different moments and they they really do uh i guess maybe bravery is is more of like a an extreme one-off situation i think of bravery as rather than discipline is often more of like the daily version of bravery of like okay i don't feel like having a cold shower but i'm gonna have a cold shower or i don't feel like uh exercising today but i'm gonna do it anyway like those are it's the same mechanism just on a smaller level you know the daily discipline and i think that bravery kind of is what what comes in in you know how you can really think about those those one-off you know big events of like okay i'm gonna do this despite you know whatever it is like some i don't know jumping in front of bullet for someone for some reason that's the only <laughs> example i can think of right now it's kind of um, brave you've seen it all the time yeah. yeah um although although then this is another thing that uh we're kind of gonna get into is <clears throat> is if someone's doing something like jumping in front of a bullet for someone that's unlikely to be a conscious decision so they probably haven't had to i would say that probably doesn't fit into i don't think that fits into bravery in the same mm. way um mm. which is kind of what the quote is saying like if your um if your reaction is just right i'm going to jump in front of this bullet or i'm going to do this action like um say there's a um i don't know some uh like a physical altercation in the street are you someone who just straight away gets involved to try and sort things out or not like there's certain things which are just they're based on your genetics and how you've been trained and there's there's not that that moment of overcoming resistance i think resistance is really inherent in bravery for me mm, mm. and like you said there's you know everyone has their their own perception of bravery like what they you know someone can think something's brave from the outside that the person doing it doesn't think um yeah yeah, yeah. cool yeah there's quite a lot of stuff that that we could talk about with this actually yeah i think it's one thing to pick up on i guess is that i well first of all yeah the connection between discipline and bravery is not something i thought of and i can see the connection in that it's following through with an action based on some higher ideal it doesn't have to be like majorly higher but yeah just getting to work you've got a, you've got a sense that that's important and therefore you're overcoming your initial um 
resistance to doing that thing you like i need more sleep or like you know i don't like work or whatever it might be to do it and and that's like a that's obviously a clear connection i yeah but i hadn't i hadn't made that link one one thing i would say is that i probably wouldn't agree that it um i guess it's all up to interpretation really isn't it but this idea that bravery is the more epic or bigger version of this more everyday discipline i think it's very um i can definitely get a sense of when i'm being brave and it it can definitely be seemingly very small things i think the connection that i've made has been when there is a there is some potential threat involved in the action that i want to take so mm. i've got like a example um so i can't remember if it was yesterday or the day before but i'm living with my parents at the moment um hi mum and dad and uh this is such an everyday example it's ridiculous uh oscar the hero there's yeah <laughs> saving the day in his in his oh, home yeah. you haven't even had it yet you haven't even no, had let's it yet, go. does it involve, um, involve going to the refrigerator or something uh, no it involves washing up <laughs> okay let's go so there's a difference in in opinion basically in the household of of how dishes should be left in the kitchen right it's a very um, diplomatic way of saying it yeah i i like no, it's, it's not what you expect. It's not about washing up, actually, even. It's, it's that I prefer to have the dishes, like, beside the sink if they're not washed up because then it means that I can do stuff in the sink. Like, I can wash up a mm. pan or a pot or whatever in the sink. My dad and apparently both parents now have preference to leave the dishes actually in the sink because mm -hmm. then they can get a bit of water on them while you're doing other stuff in the sink and it just stops them from drying out and stuff i don't think the logic holds up that's just where i'm you know that's just where i'm at but anyway so where bravery comes into this situation <laughs> is um i don't i i'm not um yeah there are different types of people one type of person i think kind of to some degree likes conflict as a tool or or just doesn't mind confronting people like you know like they may find that it's like it's some part of them quite enjoys that process i'm not i'm not really like that i um i don't know i i kind of i think i was more when i was growing up but now as an adult i'm definitely feel a lot of resistance to broaching like a, a topic like that basically because i just fit a part the part of me that's threatened i think in that situation is i don't know if it's like i, I don't want to get it wrong or i don't want to seem petty or it's, it's about how i'm being perceived essentially like that's something it's it's my ego really as, as a thing feels under threat by getting into these situations where i'm saying i don't like the way that this thing is being done can we do it another way or but in this particular situation, I 
like decided, okay, I'm going to mention something about this because I could feel that um, there was a bit of resentment building up about the fact that there was a difference and I didn't understand why it was being done the way way that it was done, right? I I was getting a bit irritated by it. So it was quite a quick process, actually, but it was literally just a case of saying, can I ask, like, why leaving dishes in the sink <laughs> um but it was a very small thing really and actually my i think like energetically if i'm allowed to use that word i like that word i wasn't in like attack mode in that it was it was there was some curiosity and a little bit of like this is something i need to talk about because i can feel that i'm building up a bit of resentment so there was very much like a, a sense of this is this this thing is more important than my like lower level threat and like want to just sweep it under the rug and not think about it and this this is an opportunity as well because like you know i can chat to my dad in the kitchen about it right there and then so in that moment it very much felt like a gear shifted and something happened and i chose to step like and I have that image of like stepping over or overcoming or going above or something like that. It feels like more of a base level of like, oh, I can't, you know, this is threatening and like oh, a bit uncomfortable conversation and I don't really want to have it. And I, you know, like maybe it will result in an argument, da, 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 like all of these various stories of what could happen and a decision to like do something different. So it's a very, very minor thing and it's very small. And from the outside, it wouldn't no one would label it as being brave, but I know in my experience, it was like, afterwards I was like, oh cool, like I'm really happy that we had that conversation because now I feel clear about what's going on. I don't, that resentment's not there, you know, and it felt like I I was, and I've said this before, but it felt like I was showing myself and my parents some respect by broaching the conversation, by not letting that, little niggling resentment stay there but by choosing to have a more difficult conversation yeah yeah i think i think that is like a a sign of respect for that person like the fact that you don't if you didn't value the relationship right then you would have just been like well there's no point causing any possible you know uh problems or conflicts because i don't care i'd rather just leave it and you know let the resent resentment build up or whatever <laughs> um but yeah i think that's i think that is what that shows so in that moment of bravery yeah <laughs> let's dissect it <laughs> so yeah. um yeah i do as as you've been talking about it i do think that there are definitely some situations like that where um where i think bravery although it does sound <laughs> kind of ridiculous given the context i think yeah. bravery does fit that maybe more than discipline more yeah more than discipline exactly what do you think made you brave where where did that bravery come from do you think a lifetime of hard work to muscle off <laughs> Yeah. get the courage to <laughs> approach the dishes situation yeah um i guess you mean in that moment yeah yeah um 
I actually think I think it was just that I was it it was it was quite a quick decision. Mm-hmm. So it wasn't I didn't have time to if I had been in my room and thinking, okay, I know parents are out there, and this is something I've been thinking about, and I'm gonna, mm-hmm. okay, I suppose I, you know, if it had got to that point, I would have. I probably would have ended up being more defensive or there definitely would have been a sense that I was, there was a bit of panic or there was something more going on. Cause I was in more fight or flight mode, I guess mm-hmm. with that. But I think because I went out, there was an opportunity there to talk about it. Mm-hmm. It was quite a quick process. I think that's part of it. So it's kind of nipping it in the bud, you know, you're just, mm-hmm. you, you get that sense and you just run with it as it, mm-hmm. you know, it's like you, you just kind of, yeah you just go with it I think that was partly it and then I'll come back to that I've just forgotten it Mm. but there was there was a third thing which is that I have to some extent trained myself now to see difficult conversations like that as being really fruitful like Mm -hmm. they're so it's so good to have those conversations as soon as possible because the the alternative is just you just will build things up and you will end up presenting like people and situations and things like that. That's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. And like, it's, it, that's very painful. And I think that's the, like the word that we haven't mentioned yet is like cowardice or being a coward or, you know, whatever mm-hmm. it's like as being could say the opposite bravery or mm-hmm. being brave. And I think that's probably one of the the real pitfalls and something that I notice, you know, it's like being a coward is, is a very strong word, but I think just choosing to not go with that intuition to sort things out, mm-hmm. the, the result of that is, is that buildup of resentment? Is that, is that frustration with people and situations and stuff? Mm-hmm. And that just, that grows, you know, mm-hmm. it's really, um, can be a real problem. I know. Yeah. Um, yeah. So just seeing the value in those conversations and seeing them as being very, um, important to have, mm-hmm. particularly when you live with people, I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I've forgotten the other thing. Um, yeah. but yeah. It, it reminds me a bit of, um, have you read uh, or listened to radical honesty? I think actually i was listening to it when i came up to visit you um oh you you were talking about that it's yeah it's a book right well an audio book in that yeah, case but yeah yeah i was listening to it on the coach i think i'd listened to half it on the way up and finished it off on the way down um but yeah that's that's a big part of what he talks about with with being honest is like i can't remember what he calls it being if you're being clear with someone or being when you're in there's a there's a particular word for it uh but basically it's like um when you have someone who you've just you've unloaded any resentments or any feelings of like ah this does annoy me about this person or like ah this person doesn't understand this about me or whatever all of those little things that you have um that's what he talks about in the book is like how psychologically rewarding it can be just getting that out of the way, like getting rid of all those little things before they build up and become, become bigger, just kind of getting them done. Yeah. Who's the author of that book? 
Brad Blanton. Yeah. Yeah, I remember uh, you talking about it. It's, it's a really interesting book. Definitely recommend mm-hmm. it. Mm-hmm. One thing which well, kind of ties into what you're talking about at the start of like the difference, like what is a brave action? Like the difference between it being perceived as brave by someone else or the person feeling like it's brave. Like where is that? Like I've like, for example, say you're someone who's uh, you're fine with heights. You're just not scared of heights. Right. So you can walk around a tall building, do whatever. And someone who's terrified of heights would say like, oh, that's so brave of you to do that. What they're really saying is like, it would be brave if I did that myself. Yeah. Right. And it's a, it's a natural thing that you put yourself. It's something actually that they talk about in like, as, as children develop, they talk about them developing theory of mind, which is basically an understanding that other people have conscious experiences that are different from your own. That's kind of the the basis of it, as I'm remembering it. It's quite a tricky thing. And it's not like once you've got it, you've got it. Like once you've got it, at least you understand it as a concept, but it's something that's just, it's very hard to intuit what it's like to be in some, you know, it's impossible to intuit how it is to be someone else. And it's very common to judge people by your own standards like judge them by how would you think about yourself if you behaved in the way that they behaved or whatever. And I think that can, well, one thing it can lead to is like um, it makes it very easy to demonize people because if you're like, I believe that this thing is wrong. Okay. So say Mm. you've got a belief of like, you want, uh, say you want the country you're in to be better, right? That's your belief. You could have two different people who both that's their core belief, but they have two different ideas of which way to make their their country better. One person may have may have a belief that's just so um that just where if they I'm getting very like <laughs> I don't really have any concrete examples. <laughs> um you can see see okay, <laughs> you can see someone else doing something. <laughs> And be like, if I did that, based on what I understand and what I believe, I would be evil. Like, I would be the worst sort of person. And those two people who could both think each other are evil could actually have the same fundamental goal. They could both be trying to do what's best for the world or best for their country. And, you know, they could be completely in conflict. And each person could think the other one was evil when they've both just got different ideas of how to get to the same place. It's something that's a real, yeah, a problem that that expands to loads of things beyond just bravery, just that trying to understand what someone else is feeling like and projecting how your mind works and your belief system and thinking that everyone has the same belief system. Like Mm. everyone's mind is constructed completely differently. There's a lot of overlap of like, there's a lot of things that we'll agree on of like the name, you know, countries and concepts. There's plenty that will be overlapping and you could kind of agree like, oh yeah, I think the same thing. We've got similar models for the world, but they are all different. Everyone has different models. Mm. Um, yeah. I guess with um, 
in this case with bravery often if people call other people brave it's, it's a compliment and there's something to um, boost the other person and it's easy to give that compliment in a way you know so it's it's not i guess um i guess it might be a more relevant example to talk about like someone being a coward and our assumption about why people have chosen to not act you know in, in when it comes to not understanding their particular perspective um or their particular conditioning uh say you've got like it's a classic bring the nazis into it of course an extreme example is just you know what like when i was growing up obviously like everyone you kind of think like surely if i was in nazi germany i would i would like hide jewish people and you know be a hero and be brave and all these kinds of things um and how could a country you know allow such horrific things to happen you know so many people being cowards and not standing up for what's right and all that kind of thing and it's like obviously getting older realizing the the fear you know that people would have been in and understanding yeah that understanding people's perspective understanding potentially or trying to imagine at least what it must have been like to be in that time and the the level of fear that would have been there you know that that um the boundary for bravery compared to dishes and <laughs> and nazi germany are just so different that my my ability to be brave in those circumstances would be very small i think you know i i likely would have just fallen in line like everyone else because i would be terrified i was talking to my mum about this earlier like just bravery in general yeah we very much like focused in on this the cost element so like the consequence and that being a real um uh, point of of bravery is that there has to be something at stake in a way you know you've got say for example like um with public speaking you've got um you've got this higher idea of like wanting to be good at public speaking or maybe just wanting to express something maybe you've got something very important to say but you what is at threat is like your whole sense of identity you know it's like people might laugh at you and laugh your stage and you're going to be publicly you know publicly humiliated and then like on a deeper level then it's like you know in a more primal way it's like your tribe might exclude you you might get shunned from the group and all that kind of thing and the brave so that consequence that that um that aspect of that something is at stake seems to be to rule out all like acts of bravery so and i guess that's where we might mistake it when we see um when we see brave acts that one the person themselves might not describe them as as feeling very brave or being brave at all because they were just responding but from an external perspective it's like you know i actually have an example of this as well so um my mum was it's the first time i've heard this today it was quite a cool story 
she was in uh, an underground station in London and um, she was on the escalators and some guy rushed past her and took the handbag of the woman in front of standing in front of my mum. And the woman was like totally in shock and like didn't. Um, my mum just like legged it after this guy <laughs> and basically started like grabbing the handbag. And then other people, because she had like, I guess, inspired other people or, or you know, brought other people with her from her willingness to go forward and, and, and like um, an act that they managed to get the handbag back of this guy and he ran off. And that would definitely be perceived as a brave act. And she probably got told that she was brave in the moment. But when I asked her if she thought it was brave, then she said no. Because all she was doing was just instinctually, she was just responding. Like it wasn't, there was no intellectual process at all. There was no decision-making process in a way. It was just like a pure response. Externally, there was a lot at stake for her. You know, like she could have been attacked, whatever, like, you know, thieves are dangerous, et cetera, et cetera. And, but so, so that's, I think what makes it seem a brave thing is when there's an obvious threat. Um, but the, the actual, and this isn't actual bravery because the definition of bravery could easily be what my mum did. You know, there's, I don't think it's like you have to feel fear to be brave, although this quote does suggest it, you know, um, so I'll read the quote again. The only time a man can be brave is when he is afraid. And, but I think for us to consider what we do as a brave act, then that fear element has to be there and there has to be something at stake. There has to be a threat of, of some kind. I do think that distinction is really interesting though. The, um, internal and external Hmm. brave act yeah yeah like um one thing actually that i can't remember i know it's on the lex friedman podcast but i can't remember the the guest um but he was talking about uh fight flight freeze those kind of reactions that people have in these these situations and done lots of tests he was doing stuff uh really interesting he was doing stuff in vr like simulating these scary events and seeing how people behaved in that um but one thing that's that's really interesting and uh, quite comforting <laughs> is that um there's the the fight was fight flight freeze run no uh and I think that maybe there's some other fight, ones. I don't know. Fight, flight, and freeze. I think that's it. I thought there might oh, be another fawn. one. And fawn. fawn. Was that? Yeah, it's like that's like befriend, like befriending, trying to like right. please. Huh. I mean, that might be like an alternative version, but yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that's apparently one as well. Okay. Well, it's like they they actually seem to be. Um, there seem to be generally different ones based on the severity of the situation, and the the fight reflex is actually usually triggered in the more dramatic situations so it's it's kind of it can kind of be a bit counterintuitive so like say you've been in a lot of fairly low level threat situations you might have been that your reaction was to freeze or fawn or 
flight, you know, one of those ones, but it's, so you could kind of get the perception like, wow, if I, if I didn't fight in that situation, then mm-hmm. when it's an even more intense situation, I'm not going definitely not going to do anything there. Whereas actually what this research was saying is like, no, you're, you're more likely to do something there. Like what the higher the stakes, the more likely you are to actually re- react in, you know, a, what could be seen as a brave way. Um, mm-hmm. I actually, um, this is a, <laughs> a crazy story actually. I can of of when I, uh, I had a stalker, right? I don't know if I've told you this before, but it sure. like I had a proper legit like fifty year old man with like a scar on his face, like follow me home. Wow! Like some some pro not some like not some bullshit Facebook stalking <laughs> shit. Um, yeah. So yeah, so this guy used to come into the co-op when I worked there, and he was always kind of like trying to be friendly, joking with me and my mate who worked there. And he kind of started to say, what was it? He would say little things like, um, uh, yeah, just kind of banter, really. He would come in. Uh, he worked worked nearby. And he would just come in, talk to us. And then once he was, he was like weirdly joking that we should go for a beer or something like that. And just in a way that I was like, oh, that's a bit weird. Um, and then he ended up saying like, oh yeah, I'm thinking of doing a pub crawl or something. Uh, what do you think about this pub? And the pub he said was the pub that was opposite my house. So I was oh. like, I tried to play call like, oh yeah, I think I've heard of it. Like, uh, I don't know, but yeah, <laughs> but in wow. my head I was like, oh shit. <laughs> right. Cause he's literally said the pub opposite my house. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, so that w- I was like, "Oh fuck, this guy's <laughs> that's that's too weird of a coincidence." Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. So then there was late, but later on he was talking to me, and I'd kind of like it was weird. I still kind of had a weird vibe from this guy, uh, but later on he he came in and he he was in during the day, and he actually asked like, "Oh, like when do you finish your shift?" And I was like, "I said the time." Uh, that I finished just cause like, it's a, it's a weird dynamic when I'm like working there. Like I was like, mm, kind of like, mm. I couldn't just tell him to like, fuck off, <laughs> stop being like, <laughs> um, but I was like, Oh yeah, I finish it. Uh, I finish at 10, like not in a very friendly way, but just kind of like to end the conversation. So later on, I, I kind of still had this in the back of my head and I went to the bus stop and I was sat I was sat there right outside the shop at the bus stop and I saw there was like a car up the road just with his headlights on. And I just kind of thought that was weird. Like that's pretty. And then I was remembering like, okay, this guy did ask me when I finished. He's a pretty weird guy. There's a car just waiting with his headlights. That seems pretty weird. Anyway, the bus came and I went onto the bus, went to the back of the bus on the top to look out the window and saw that that car then started to follow the bus and the bus and it followed the bus the entire way into Brighton. Wow. So I was like, okay, this guy is definitely following me. I'm sure it must be that same guy. Like, I don't know why it would be someone else. Um, so I got like, got my phone ready. So as I went out, 
I took down his license plate number. Okay. So, and I already got off like a stop later than where I normally get off just cause you know, um, and then, and then I, so I did that, took down the number, crossed over and then started walking down on the opposite side of the road. And this is on that big, uh, seafront road. So it's, uh, yeah, you're not supposed to do a U-turn in it. And he just like turned round to the other side of the street. I just crossed over, tried to kind of like uh, trip him out because he wouldn't be able to follow me if I just went over there. Um, because if I'd gone up the got the other stop, he could have easily just turned right and then followed me. So I was like, okay, mm-hmm. this is a way I can just get away from him. But I just stopped. I I crossed the road. I went along. And then I saw him just like do a UE in the middle of the road and then come to like follow me. And then he was like waiting a bit behind and I was just walking, walking ahead. And I remember just like him there. And I was like, what the fuck? And I just turned around and went like straight towards the car and was like, what the fuck are you doing? Like trying to like, like I was, well, he, he sped off just as I got there, but I was going to like hit on the window and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like the, and like, I wouldn't have thought that was, that would be how I'd react. But mm. in the moment, like I remember just being surprised how I was like at the point where I was like, okay, this group of guys followed me. He's clearly followed me home before, right? Cause to know where I live. And I was in the situation where he just come around and my reaction, I could have very easily just kept going and tried to, you know, gone another way home or whatever. But my reaction at that point was like, no, I'm going to turn around and be like, what the fuck are you doing? Like, look, look him in the eyes. Like mm-hmm. that was my reaction. Mm-hmm. Mm. Um, so yeah, that was a, yeah, a very, a very weird situation. Um, wow. Yeah. 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 No, I haven't had that before. No. Yeah. Uh, And then, well, I'll tell you, I'll tell you, wrap it up. So you guys know how it ends. Um, (laughs) so yeah, so walked home, obviously walked home like a weird different way and was like checking behind myself. Uh, but yeah, so he'd already kind of sped off. Um, so I kind of got home. I remember that night being like in a real state of like, oh shit, like what the fuck's going to happen? Like this guy knows that I know who he is. And yeah, so I was a bit scared that night, but then he didn't. So I kind of reported it to the police and stuff, just gave the license plate, you know, where he works, told them everything that happened. Um, And then the, maybe like a month or so later, he came into the co-op again and was like oh how's how's it going or something and i was like um oh what did i i was like um like i know you followed me home the other night i don't want like get out of the store i don't want i don't want you to come in here anymore um and he was like oh no i think like i think you must be mistaken like that no i didn't <laughs> and i was like that is like the guiltiest shit i've ever heard like like imagine, imagine I accused you of stalking me and you hadn't. Like you wouldn't be like you think I'm mistaken. Like you know I'm fucking mistaken. <laughs> um, but yeah, he used to come in like almost daily, and then he went to didn't come in for a month. Did that one little, you know, check, uh, yeah. and then I told him to <laughs> not to come in anymore, and then he didn't come in anymore. Um, mm, but well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think that's um, 
yeah it's a perfect example really isn't it because it, it's it i guess when you were being followed it was like you were it was was there a lot of adrenaline and a lot of like yeah you know you were like really and and then an action just came out of that you know yeah it's in line with what you were just talking about with that um with that study or that was it a study you were talking about before yeah with the, yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. It so, was, um, it, well i don't know if it was i don't know if there's a particular study like he's been studying this area and that was one of the things that he said was an interesting finding so i don't know if it's like a published thing but yeah. as someone who was studying this a lot that was something that he'd noticed that it seemed to be that the fight response comes in higher stress situations mm, mm. like in the real extreme things um no that's really really interesting there was one other thing that was uh we were chatting about earlier that me and my mom were chatting about earlier that um i thought was an interesting point was was i wonder about young people like teenagers and stuff might be perceived sometimes as being more brave or more stupid it depends on the definition and like what you're talking about but and it does seem that younger people will take action in a way that is outwardly perceived as brave and we were what so my mum like with this story that i told about my mum in the underground like she would have been quite young at that time i don't know how young but like probably our age or something like that and she says that now she well she she doesn't know if she'd act in that way now but one thing that she was thinking about was that life experience isn't necessarily um beneficial to to those responses because as we accumulate more um conditioning around what to do and not do we're less likely to go with those impulses to um uh to act i mean and this is the interesting thing about like you know is it a brave act or is it just kind of responding in the moment but i know that for example like you know with the the thing of of what you did and also what my mom did of, of actually approaching someone that is being threatening towards you a lot of things would say that is the wrong thing to do you know you you're supposed to you're supposed to remove yourself from the situation. They could be threatening and dangerous. They might have weapons on them, all this kind of stuff, right? And, and the more, potentially, the more conditioning that you have that's telling you that, as you will accumulate as you get older, um, the less likely it is you're going to take an action. Um, I just thought that was quite an interesting point. Um, and then different, different to that, which I kind of came back with, was just that, the reason in a way why I wanted to bring in this, this quote or this idea of bravery was just that actually my experience in spite of what I just said is as I get older, the more everyday bravery or the more everyday doing the difficult thing, doing the thing that is like, there's, there's two options. There's the option of taking the easy route and backing down or, not mentioning something that needs mentioning or, or whatever and the option of deciding to deciding that my that what's important should override that sense of fear 
it actually seems to be increasing as I get older. Like but this more, so maybe that like me jumping on a stage at a protest and like shouting about something, maybe that's decreased. I don't know, but the more everyday bravery in quotes, like of doing a more difficult action seems to be increasing. And that's maybe because it's a bit like a muscle. It's something that we, we train, we see enough times that we have an intuition that we need to act and that we need to go with what's important to us. And we do that and it works out or we still feel better because of having done that, that we know that that's a more, we all want to be brave people. That's, that's one thing, you know, we, we want to be able to do the right thing in spite of how we feel, you know, that, that's, that, that, I'm pretty sure that's pretty universal. Like even the people that really, really don't act in that way would say that that's a positive quality. And so I think when we see and when we act out these kind of smaller, brave, brave acts that I've definitely noticed that my, my ability or desire to, to push that and to work with that has, has increased in time, actually. So that was two quite different points. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think, yeah, I think part of that, the fact that that's increased might be just, well, it's due to the fact that you're, you're seeing the benefits of them. Like, mm. like you said, there was another with the washing up thing. That was another situation where you've cataloged that as like, there was a time where I didn't feel like broaching the subject, but I decided, nope, I'm just going to, I know it's the right thing to do. I'm just going to broach the subject. And then you had the positive feeling of like, okay, that was the right thing to do. I feel better. I feel like, you know, it strengthens your relationships. Like obviously we're <laughs> again, making it <laughs> seem very dramatic around the washing up. Um, uh, but yeah, it's like uh, something that something you're seeing more benefits of it as you're doing those things. You're like, okay, I'm going to do more of that because it leads to good things. I think that's the same way, like how discipline like that is a muscle as well. That's something that increases the more you use it. And often, not always, but often as people get older, they can become more disciplined. Like they might be better at getting up on time or whatever versus like a teenager, for example. Like you might have a bit more discipline. And and again, that is not something that's automatic. It's It's something that does depend on if you are really endeavoring to do that. Um, but part of just, you just have more, yeah, having more life experience, you see like, okay, here's a point when I wasn't disciplined. Here's one where I was disciplined. Okay. The discipline seems to work out in the long run because mm -hmm. you've just got more experience. You've seen more examples play out. So it's like, you've got more evidence, I suppose, mm -hmm. about what's the correct action to take. Mm -hmm. So that kind of, that adds, yeah, that adds to the weight of it. Mm. Um, it's, it's also, it's also, I think the quality that comes along with Brave Act, like the, the feeling that you get from that um, is, is quite unique, actually. I think it's a pretty unique, like, sense, which is one of, like, you've got a sense of accomplishment, but but I think it's also a sense of, um like dignity 
or mm. self-respect that yeah is is not like it's not something that we necessarily have i mean in my, in my case it's just like it, it's not it's not an experience i have a lot of like walking around and thinking oh that was a very dignified thing to do or like yeah i think i yeah I, basically it's just it's not something that i get to test out or experience all that much but in in choosing to do what you think is right and letting your ideals lead you is is an opportunity to to have that that experience of feeling like you know i i have um it's like confronting someone in general not not in the vicious case that wasn't really a confrontation but say you've you've just got someone who's being an asshole to you or a bully or or in your case like you know stalker and you do that and it doesn't like the outcome is not so important like you're not always thinking that this person will really like go away think about what you said come back and be like yep i really respect what you said there and i'm going to change the way that i do things from now on and all that it's it's much more for yourself in saying i won't stand for this you know i this this is not right for me and i think that's yeah and the sense of that is one of being like yeah, of having some self-respect and showing where your boundaries are and mm -hmm. setting that out. And I think that's quite a unique, like, um, it's very strong position, you know, just whatever the person's response is saying, I'm going to do what I feel is right. And then following through despite feeling scared, mm -hmm. like that's a very nice feeling. You know, it's, it's very, um, you feel very, uh, kind of upright and like solid is the wrong word but like capable or something yeah and i think that's an important thing to mention is the aftermath and the consequence of of having mm. follow through the brave act yeah yeah one thing that that i was thinking with like the thing of someone saying that an act is brave if mm. you don't feel it's brave like I've had the same situation with, uh, with compliments, like, well, so we, I was, I was doing a designing, I was working for a company that does, uh, does marketing, uh, and they, yeah, they do marketing for like, uh, some trades businesses. So they wanted a landing page that like, uh, like a website page that they could kind of copy and use for all these different trades people so that when people would land on the page they would like understand about the business and then give them a call right so it's usually called a landing page and it's like the idea is that of all the people who end up on the page you want the highest possible percentage to end up clicking or clicking to contact them or picking up the phone or giving them a call that's that's usually the main aim um so uh the owner of the business she had kind of outlined the page kind of got a first draft uh and she'd not had a load of experience at it before um and then during that that working day i was you know supposed to be kind of like smoothing it out and making it look better um but it was already not at all how i would have designed it like i was already working with something that just did i was yeah, it was just really slow and annoying to do. Um, 
So I was already like, ah, oh, this is kind of sucks. I wish I'd just been able to design it from scratch and I could have done something a lot better. Uh, and then what happened is we were working in a, in a building with a load of other creative teams and there was quite a, uh, a successful web design agency that were above us. Uh, so she, she managed to get one of the guys to come down who does actually work on a lot of landing pages and stuff like that. And she was like, Oh, could you just have a quick look at the page and like, give us your, your feedback. Um, and, <laughs> and then she was saying about like, you know, uh, that, yeah, like, yeah, this is, yeah. Like this George has done a great job on this or like <laughs> saying all these things thing to him and like afterwards as well. Like, Oh yeah. And he did great. You know, the landing page looking good. He seemed to really like it. And I was mm. like, <sighs> like just trying to relax because I was, it's like something that I don't feel I didn't want to represent me basically. Yeah. yeah. And this is someone who I know like, okay, this person actually understands a lot in this field and they're going to see this. Like this person is thinking like, wow, this guy's clearly does not like, cause I could tell from the feedback he was giving that he was being nice of like, yeah. okay, here's, you know, one little tweak you could make or like, but yeah, like yeah. the fundamental thing was kind of flawed. Yeah. Like it needed to be like scrapped and like from first principles built up the page, yeah. Yeah. but it hadn't been created like that. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just that's something that fits into the bravery thing, but also with compliments or anything like that. Like I've always found if, if someone gives me a compliment says they like something I did and it's something that I'm not proud of, something that I don't think is my best work. Mm. I, I really, that's one of the, like, I really hate that. Like it really, <laughs> it really, really gets to me. Mm. Like someone <laughs> praising something that I'm disappointed with, like, just something about that cuts me to my core. <laughs> like it just <laughs> honestly. So that that's something where like if I'd if I'd done something that that other people I I would find it annoying if I'd done something which I didn't think was brave and then everyone was like, oh wow, that's so brave. Or you know, the other way around, I guess. Mm-hmm. If I thought I'd done something brave and everyone was like, eh, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, and that's like yeah, that's a really nice lead on because what like just one thing I wanted to mention was, and I think you will have got this from the general episode, but I, it's all relative, you know, like bravery is totally relative. And if we're talking mainly about that, we believe that bravery is something that you know for yourself uh, as opposed to point out in someone else, then well, I've written down in my notes here. You know, a hard man crying is brave. Or a soft man fighting is brave. <laughs> oh, word. Yeah. You know, but like if you've yeah, got no, someone... that's really nicely put, yeah. If, you, if you've got like someone in prison, you know, who's like spent their whole life fighting and is fucking like, you know, like tough, you know, and mm-hmm. the, the, the barrier for them to be vulnerable is so high you know like there's Mm -hmm. so much at stake with showing themselves fully Mm -hmm. you know and that's an incredibly brave act i think Mm -hmm. and and then on the flip side of that is just like 
you know, and I've noticed this within myself and it's weird, but it's like, there's been times when I've been proud of myself or seen myself as being brave when I've got into an argument about something Mm -hmm. because that's not my, it's more likely that I will retreat and, and, or freeze or whatever than it is that I stand up for what I believe in, Mm. even if there is confrontation. Mm -hmm. And so there's been times in like after an argument when I've been like, you know, I'm proud of myself for that, you know, Mm. because it was, it was clunky. It was like messy. It's not the end game. It's not like that's, that's how I want to relate to people. Mm -hmm. But in that moment, it was like, it was the harder decision to make Mm -hmm. to decide. And I felt that what the content of the argument was important enough Mm. for that to to take place. So I think that's, that's yeah. Like the relativity of bravery is, is really important to mention actually. Yeah. Mm. One thing that, that I think is really interesting, right. Is, that we always end up doing the we like with any brave action right we either do the brave action or we don't do the brave action we go through our lives you know doing some things that are a bit brave some things that are very brave something that's cowardly something that's you know slightly brave but not really mm. like whatever <laughs> like all of those and that's not a dig at your washing up <laughs> <laughs> i think it is georgia <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, but yeah, all those, all these different, different things that we do throughout our life Mm. and we did all of them, right. Mm. But we have a perception about which ones were harder to do. Like we have a perception of like, Oh, that was more brave. That Mm. wasn't as brave. You know, you, you color it with all these things, but, but you did all of them. Like you, you had given what your you know, your current state is whatever all the other things were like at that point you did something brave or did something cowardly. Right. But you, you end up just being like, Oh, that was really hard. That thing that I did, Oh, that was easy. But you did, you did all of them. It's almost like that, that, um, is like something that you, you paint over it. And, and I think it's something that's, I don't know. I guess it kind of gets into the, into the free will argument a bit, (laughs) but like of just how, um, you, you end up doing either the brave action or you don't do the brave action in the moment. Mm. But I guess the, the degree it is, it's looked at afterwards as either more or less brave, but I would say that the degree of bravery is based on, on the, the, intensity of that sense of threat and and the importance of that particular ideal and that is that is something that's measurable like in hindsight i think you know like Mm. and and it's it's obviously based on something you know like there's there's times when like i've been there's many many times i've forgotten that like times that i've done a brave thing and the other way around you know it's Mm -hmm. like um many times that i've overemphasized in my mind an action that actually was fairly straightforward to do mm-hmm. or like whatever. But mm-hmm. I, d- I think I would definitely gauge it on, um, yeah, those two factors of the degree of threat and the, mm-hmm. and the importance of that particular ideal yeah. to you. Yeah. Yeah. I think it was interesting with the, 
you know your analogy of like a hard man crying or like a weaker man fighting mm. like that really shows that the the thing is just it's like breaking out of your conditioning breaking out of your habits of yeah. not doing the thing they're not doing the thing that all of your history is pointing towards not doing the thing mm. that like oh that's what you know that's what you'd expect this person to do like this person is always like this or this person is always like that like it's just when you for whatever reason kind of deviate like intentionally deviate for a reason like mm. and it's and it's so interesting how that it's not actually about the action like we we're saying it's really is about the the action in relation to that person like it being mm. something that's outside of what they normally do um one thing i found really interesting was when i did like a, a myers-briggs test which is like a personality test um and i kind of been you know was into like self-development and stuff like that um and i did this Myers-Briggs test, you know, not maybe like four years ago or something like that, maybe three years. Um, and I remember when I took it, realizing that like all of the, because you, you get like a series of letters, uh, you'll either, it's like a binary thing of like either you're um, more introverted or more extroverted. Um, and there's a there's a few different, uh, different things along the line of like, um, uh, whether you're more intuitive or sensing. I think those are the, so there's a, uh, anyway, there's a few different ones, right? And I realized like all of, when I when I looked at those traits that I, from my, uh, from the personality type it gave me after the quiz, I realized that like I'd spent a lot of the last, you know, five, 10 years trying to, trying to be the opposite of all of those traits that I had because it's so natural that you see, okay, this is how, um, this is how I am. If you're introverted, you think like, okay, like I need to spend more time with people. I need to do this. I need to have more fun. Like, and then if you're extroverted, you're probably going to think like, actually, maybe I need to actually take some time for myself and sort out my own shit and, you know, there's, it's just so, so natural that you think to the opposite side. So you mm -hmm. kind of idealize the other, like whatever. And it was just so interesting to see like, wow, this is all of my personality. I've like tried to basically be the opposite of my personality. <laughs> and I think, yeah. well, I, I do think that is actually, um, the way I'm saying it makes it sound like that's, um, that's a bad thing. I think that it's actually really valuable to, to understand other ways of being and to see where you fall on the spectrum, right? To see where you naturally, uh, you know, how you can get the most out of yourself, how you can, maybe there are times as someone who's introverted where, like I, I would say I'm definitely on the introverted side, but I've learned, to have lots of fun and be more outgoing. And some of that stuff was 
kind of counterintuitive at the time. But now, like, I feel I'm much more able to just have fun and mess around and kind of express myself in that way because mm. I've nurtured that side of myself as well mm. rather than just focusing on the introverted side. So, like, I think it's, it is really valuable to, to do those things that are not um, what you would normally do. Like just those yeah. moments of breaking patterns of, of just doing things like that are counter to what your initial idea of what you should do is. It just keeps your brain kind of active. It, it keeps yourself from getting too rigid. Like I used to do random things like, um, uh, just so just to kind of train myself in this way. Like I remember I would do things like randomly move around my bed. Like I was like, you know, what? I'm getting, I'm getting really comfortable. This like, you know, this room's, I've been in this room for a while and I just changed it. So my pillows were at the other end and then just switch around the duvet. And then it was, it was kind of like sleeping in a stranger's house. Like it was just mm. weird. I remember getting really tripped out, like waking up about to like walk into the wall. Cause I'm always like, yeah, I have the same <laughs> yeah. side of my bed. I remember yeah. being like, especially when you're super tired, yeah, you just go back to the deep. Yeah. It was that yeah. it did actually create some pretty trippy <laughs> situations where I completely was misorientated misoriented yeah that was pretty bizarre but like just like it's a really fun thing to do um it's not something that i'm in the habit of doing at the moment but i guess you know maybe that means i should try and break that habit as well yeah but like just of just doing random things like just it's it's quite liberating to just randomly be like you know what i normally have I normally always sit in this seat. You might have a a seat in the house that you always sit in. Um, Like at uni, for example, everyone kind of pretty much sat in the same seats they sat on in the first day of uni. Like wherever you are, the seats that people first sit in, they kind of end up being the same. So like just doing things like that, I think is really fun and liberating. And it's like, oh, I do, I can just change it up. And sometimes cool stuff happens from that um Mm -hmm. so yeah Mm -hmm. i think it's really really fun to find those little um i mean it might be a bit much to call them moments of bravery but you could do like little moments where you're kind of like you know why not why not just switch this thing up do something like that and that i think that's like a a muscle it keeps you more fluid so that you're ready to be like you know, why do we always do things this way? Why does it, mm. everyone always sit around the table in this order? Um, why don't we just shift it up? Or why don't we do this? Or like, let me randomly switch around my bed. Or, you know, there's there's so many different things you can do. And mm. yeah, I definitely found it quite quite a liberating experience to just kind of mm. play, with, play with those things, those habits, uh, mm. even if they're kind of seemingly very small things just mm. switching out what side something's on or, you know, changing a picture that's been up in your wall for ages or, you know, just, yeah, those sorts of things. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's breaking the mold and it is, it's got the same flavor as, as like what we've been talking about with bravery. It's just, it's, it's, well, it's countering fear. It's countering 
um, the known and the the kind of natural tightening that happens over time and it's pushing it's pushing things out and it's going against what your immediate instinct is like often not always but yeah i think that that's definitely the similarity and that's the thing like the the opposite of that you can uh like routine can be very helpful like you can really dial in some shit with a routine like because you can you can take advantage of this. And, you know, that's why we have this tendency as humans to like get into routines and, and do the same thing. Like it's very helpful because it, uh, you know, you can see how it had an evolutionary benefit because it conserves energy. You're not thinking as much if you're always just getting up at the same place, doing all these things, following the same pattern. That's a way for you to conserve resources so think you know but now we're not in a you know most i assume if you're watching this you're not like there's not a scarcity of food for you like you can you can afford to spend a few you know a few extra hundred calories a day just on you know uh on the extra expenditure of your mind from changing up some something in your environment um, I think, and I think that that having in today's world, I think that flexibility is actually more valuable. Like it's, it's important to have routines. They can be really good, uh, to, yeah, to, to lower that load and get rid of having to do things with willpower, just make them smooth. And they kind of just happen because that's how you normally do things. So they're obviously very powerful, but there's, it's good to, to be able to break them or like outside of your routines to switch things up and change things and, and know that that's, that's something that you can do. And, uh, yeah, one on a, on a side note, actually found out that, um, in, in competitive chess playing, you know, the, at the high levels, they studied the, the calorie consumption of them and they could, they were burning up to 6,000 calories a day. Wow. Yeah. So, so that's just, that shows how much, how much of an impact, obviously that's a very uh, specific situation, but if you think about chess, you're like having to think about what if this happens, then if this happens, this happens, then if this happens, like, it's just, it's just jacking up your brain. Like it's just using all of your processing power and that's, Mm -hmm. you know, that's how it works. Um, so yeah, this isn't going to definitely isn't going to increase your calorie consumption by that much. Um, but it, but it made me realize like, that's a, a big thing people don't think of. Um, but if you're, um, like in terms of losing or gaining weight, like people think about physical exercise and stuff, but like the amount of, um, calories that you burn from your mind is quite substantial. And, you know, it's, it's why people often, uh, if, if someone's in a very stressful situation or stressful period of their time of their life, they obviously they might lose weight partly because they just don't feel like eating, but also it can be like their mind is just anxious. Like they're just, their mind is just constantly going and going and going and thinking and thinking. So yeah, it is something that has a big impact. Like if you're someone who's very 
anxious i guess it's a good way to lose weight <laughs> so get, great yeah That's good, good get, advice, get really insecure about your weight and then you will the pounds will just fly off fantastic <laughs> advice <laughs> thank you yeah you're welcome have you got anything else you'd like to add before i share the quote for next week i guess my what i've no <laughs> <laughs> cool well yeah i don't i don't have a load to um to sum up i think we've covered it covered it pretty well oh yeah the quote for next week is from milton h milton h erickson who is a therapist a psychotherapist but did a lot of hypnotherapy and had a huge impact on hypnotherapy and neuro-linguistic programming and just like a real a real genius guy like he one thing that's quite remarkable about him there was a guy who was um writing transcripts of of some of his speeches because he had a stroke he was in a lot of pain you know in the later years of his life um and his speech was was pretty hard to understand but one thing that that he was saying this guy was transcribing him is that like he just speaks in complete sentences which is just very remarkable even for very highly educated you know very smart people they usually if you transcribe what they write it doesn't really they're not proper sentences like i know for a fact from from editing my own videos that i, I very rarely speak in in like actual sentences it kind of just uh trails on <laughs> um uh so yeah he's a, a really interesting guy there's a few videos about him um but yeah very interesting and very influential guy in that area uh but yeah here's a here's a quote that i like from him that's kind of a bit more of a a lighter quote the quote is you don't take insults you leave them with the insulter very nice and there we'll leave you see you next week guys see you next week peace <laughs>